Changing one's diet for some can be like a religious conversion. Welcome to SBH Bronx Health Talk, produced by SBH Health System and broadcast from the beautiful studios at St. Barnabas Hospital in the Bronx. I'm Stephen Clark. Veganism excludes meat, eggs, dairy products, and all other animal-derived ingredients. Many vegans also don't eat foods that are processed using animal products, such as refined white sugar and wines. With us today to discuss his personal journey as a vegan is Dr. Eric Applebaum, the Chief Medical Officer of SBH Health System. Welcome, Dr. Applebaum. Thanks for having me, Steve. It's good to be here. So I, I assume you didn't wake up one morning and say, gee, I think I want to be a vegan. No, not at all. Actually, I don't even truly characterize myself as a, a vegan. I like to think of myself more as someone just eating a healthy plant-based lifestyle. As you know, veganism does come with uh, a lot of political, cultural sort of uh, views that may be misunderstood by some. But for me, the way it started was... Uh, pretty early in my career as a physician, as an athlete. I used to be very involved in extensive training as a, an Ironman triathlete. I ran marathons. And, and I always knew you had to eat well to perform well. Couple that with uh, being a primary care physician in addition to emergency medicine physician, teaching people how to be healthy. It wasn't a huge jump in my sort of mindset to really go all in on uh, eating healthy. But, but again, I'm guessing that you did a good amount of research before you decided to jump in, right? Yeah, I, I've uh, absolutely always believed in trying to find the science behind uh, any choices we make in our healthcare. It, you know, when I'm in the office with a patient, I'm presenting sort of what the, the evidence shows, and, and it's a, um, a partnership. You really try and get to what a patient's core beliefs are and what will be best for them. I think with nutrition, depending on what kind of patient you're talking to, there's some real easy choices. No one's going to really have a big argument that smoking, you know, sort of kills people and causes cancer. No one's going to argue when I say we really need to get a certain amount of exercise. But when you start to get into diet, it starts to get a little bit more complicated. I'd say for me, it's pretty easy on a day-to-day -day basis to promote fruits and vegetables, adding that to our diet. But when you start telling people, hey, maybe we just eliminate all other sources of protein besides sort of uh, plant-based, uh, it, it, it gets a little bit tricky. Now, historically, were you a meat eater? Did you eat a lot of meats? No, I wasn't. I'm not a, I'm not a big eater in general. I'm definitely one of, more, uh, one of those that you describe as uh, eat to live rather than live to eat, much to you know, sort of the dismay of my grandmas and my mom. I wasn't a, a, a huge eater. It's always remained sort of on the slender side. And that's just fortunate genetics and just how we're made up. It's not a belief system. It's just who I was. Um, so no, not a big meat eater. I did eat burgers and hot dogs, you know, and holidays and barbecues and that sort of thing. But it wasn't a tremendous jump. I, I think the bigger challenge was making sure I got plenty of vegetables and plenty of fruit into my diet. Well, let, let's discuss again your diet today. What is it comprised of? So after doing lots of research, I really went in on sort of a whole food plant-based diet. And it's a little different. I definitely make sure I get plenty of servings of different types of dark leafy greens today, lots of whole grains, um, nuts and seeds. And remember, you got to really discuss this with your doctor because there are certain medical conditions and certain folks who can't uh, do that. But we're talking about me specifically. Lots of fruits. And for me, sort of unlimited amounts. But, uh, I'm not counting calories. You know, within reason, I get an idea. But 
of what I'm getting. I'm tracking it just for health reasons and to make sure I'm getting the right vitamins and uh, minerals. But for the most part, it's just a a whole lot of fruit and vegetables. And uh, the protein sources are going to come basically from a lot of the plant-based sources. I've incorporated some tempeh and some tofu into my diet. But for the most part, yeah, it's a whole lot of fruit and vegetables. So you're not eating any any meat, any chicken, any fish? At the beginning, so, you know, I've been doing it five, six months now, maybe. I did do a little bit of fish. And if I'm out to eat and there's really just no options, I, I may have a piece of fish if I have to. I, I really don't want to. There are some health reasons that it's not the best, depending on where they get it. But uh, for the most part, no, I'm, I'm avoiding all that stuff. And you're convinced that the nutrients you need are in the vegetables and fruits that you're eating? That yeah. you're not losing out on anything like iron or... No, no, not... Vitamin not. B and that sort of no, stuff? No, so the only real supplement... There's a couple of very common debates that are out there. And I'm by no means an expert. I am really, you know, I'm not a nutritionist by trade. And... One of the things that I've, I've sort of read online is if you say you went to medical school in the U.S., you're clearly not an expert because we just don't teach this enough. And it's really come in the last few years that everyone's starting to, to educate our students uh, about medical students specifically about this. So definitely not a trained expert in this. But, yeah, I, I'm definitely getting enough. I do track uh, with sort of a very free app that's really easy how much I'm getting with all that stuff. And um, periodic blood tests are confirming the two big debates out there are the vitamin B12, which you definitely have to take a supplement. You can get limited amounts in some foods that are considered vegan. I'm not really after that. I, we have incredible B12 stores, I'll tell you. So you don't have to start right away, but it's a good idea. There are some fortified plant-based milks that are out there that come with that. So that's one that I definitely pay attention to and take a B12 supplement. The other one is um, the omega fatty acids, which right now... There's a lot of debate about that stuff, how it works, and sort of the, the studies that I've read sort of point to um, you know, more brain health with certain ones, and they're not easy to get, but uh, if you pay attention, you can, some people I know do supplements, but if you get flax seeds or seeds like that, eat enough nuts and stuff, you'll, you'll probably be okay with that. Do you absorb certain nutrients the same way in like tofu or legumes as you would in steak? The absorption it's the, you know, has a lot to do with your overall state of health. I don't believe that I'm personally having any problem getting all this stuff. There's not uh, the bioavailability of most of this is pretty good. You know, I see some of the same deficiencies in plenty of my meat eating patients for years and years, tons of B12 deficiency, tons of iron deficiency. So yeah, I think I, I get a pretty good amount of that stuff and are able to, to take it. Like everyone's an individual, so you really, it's something to talk. The problem is which is why I love SBH that we're, you know, going all in on not this, but a wellness center across the street. Uh, I know we've had podcasts about that, is that it's hard to find physicians specifically that are trained in this, you know, um, to have to send someone to a dietitian, which is great because they are experts to get this kind of training is where we hope not to be. We want to be able to have all our physicians trained. And that's part of the future of SBH. Are there certain caveats? I've heard I've heard this term. Uh, vegan junk food. Are there certain things you got to be aware of? If you look at a lot of the earlier studies, a lot of the earlier studies will actually point you to the fact that vegans weren't living much longer, having less degrees of anything. Because yes, you can certainly eat non-animal based stuff and get plenty of junk. So it's not that hard. If you go after certain types of chocolate, you can find all sorts of junk that's considered vegan. There's tons of sugar cereals that are all vegan friendly. Well, 
That's not what it's about. That's why I'm really more promoting for myself a whole food plant-based lifestyle. And I'm, I think there's plenty of people that agree with that, that says, you know, if you avoid tons of processed sugar, it's nothing, it's not rocket science here. Avoid the sugar, avoid, you know, all the enriched things uh, in terms of enriched flour products and sort of stay to the outside of the supermarket. You're going to end up running into a fruit or vegetable and the whole food is really where it's at. Even the oils where there's a lot of controversy about that. I'm not going to get into that, but... Do you take oil? No, I, I've tried to really cut back on all oils as much as possible because it's highly processed stuff. There's a lot of debate over some of that. It's kind of like I use the example of just sort of a juicer versus the fruit. Yes, you are getting plenty of vitamins if you have orange juice. But if you eat the whole orange, the fiber is proven to be healthier. So, you know, you're taking out all the good stuff. So it's the same with some of those oils, you know, walnut oil and avocado oil. You know, I just had an avocado for lunch. I'm quite sure that's healthier than avocado oil and far less expensive. So I try and stay away. It's not easy. I'd say it's much easier now. The big box stores in terms of Walmarts and, you know, Whole Foods and all this stuff have sort of bought in and are have a lot more supplies available in terms of these types of foods and snacks and stuff but you got to pay attention you know like there's a lot of the fast food chains are diving in but you got to be careful there's a lot of stuff loaded with salt and not going to be good for our hypertensive patients you have to really read the ingredients but it's a journey that you you need to do on your own with guidance from a, a a clinician if you don't know so what you want to do you don't have to go and say okay you know what i'm not gonna eat sugar ever again i think those drastic changes are really tough on people and they tend to relapse it's you know the whole january 1st i'm gonna work out eight days a week and right. 27 hours a day you know and then they never go start slow if there's something you're interested in, which is how i did it i said you know what let's just try and add you know two more servings of vegetables a day and then the next week let's just add a couple more servings of fruit and before you know it you're well on your way. I think that's a lot easier. And wherever you want to be in the spectrum is wherever you need to be because I don't look at it as a diet. As soon as you look at it as a diet, it, the word, it's restrictive. And there is no restrictive. I, I just want to eat healthy. You know, I turned 50 this year. And I, want to, I want to eat healthy. I want to do all those health indicators. You know, I'm constantly telling patients, get your colonoscopy, get your flu shot, eat healthy. Well, at least I could back it up a little bit more that I'm really making a concentrated effort to eat better. Do you long for a Burger King meatless Whopper? Uh, no, you know, I haven't gone in on that yet. I'm sure it's yummy. Uh, there's probably stuff that's making it pretty good. But uh, like I said, I never longed for burgers before. I wasn't a fast food guy. So yeah, that's just something that doesn't really cross my mind. Listen, if people like it, and it probably better than something else, uh, another bad choice, once again, it, it really depends on where the spectrum you want to be. If someone is eating big, unhealthy, processed foods, you know, hot dogs and all that stuff where a lot of places aren't even sure what's in there on a day-after-day basis, uh, you know, going for that Whopper might be better. Maybe there's some legumes in there that are good. So it, it really is the moderation is key and finding where you belong, where you feel comfortable. I know you have a young family. Do you eat in solitaire? At the dinner table or do you eat with your family? We, we eat together as much as possible. I'd say today's electronics and, uh, you know, have really taken everyone away and, you know, got everyone involved in their own thing. But I'd say it's had a very positive impact on the family, just having the vegetables around. I always tell a story where I was just preparing a salad the other day, and it, it happens at least a few times a week where I, I cut up a bunch of carrots, I go to answer a phone call, and I turn around and my carrots are gone. And I know the dog didn't get to it. And I look around, one of the three of them is sitting there chomping on my carrots. And I said, you know, that's 
That's a success. They're very interested. And like I said, I just talked to them, hey, all daddy's doing is eating more fruits and vegetables. I can't keep enough fruit in the house for them anyway. They were always good. Now we're just adding the vegetables into it. And uh, listen, I took my son to a birthday party. They had pizza and cake. I'm not going to tell them not to participate. Let them find their own way. But let's add in, you know, the healthy stuff. Is a vegan diet expensive? You know, it depends on how far into it you want to go and what your belief system is. It doesn't have to be. You can make a lot of easy choices. You go to vegetables. Obviously, organic, fresh vegetables are always going to be more expensive than frozen. A lot of good studies that say the frozen vegetables have lots of uh, nutrients in them anyway. If you go whole food, probably not. You know, it's those fancy snacks that are going to get you. So, for example, beans. You know, if you want to buy... Um, I, I love garbanzo beans or chickpeas, any of those beans. You want to make them yourself way cheaper than buying it in a can, which is even cheap. So, I mean, there's a real lot of ways where you take something from like 30 cents a pound down to like five cents a pound by doing it on your own. I've been quite impressed with it. I'm like, wow, this is not as bad. And I think it's just the competitions out there. If you look at the meatless companies sprouting up everywhere, and that actually fosters some competition. So it, it can be at first if your diet's fast food. So, you know, for our population, I'm very conscious to talk about, hey, you know, I know that some of that aspect could be more expensive, but if you pay attention, you you can actually do some good things in terms of eating healthier on a budget. Well, that's good to know, because I know they always refer to the Bronx as a food desert, and they say, well, it's cheapest to eat fast food. And so, you know, it's like catch-22. People are not eating healthy because they feel they can't afford to eat healthy. It's a huge problem, but I'd say, uh, you know, here at SBH, so we're taking it on full force. We have our green market that we have during the summer. We have the rooftop garden coming. And I'll be tell you, I'm pleasantly surprised to see that we're not the only ones. If you look, a lot of the hospitals, a lot of our colleagues are into this. I see it all over the city. Green markets are sprouting up. Obviously, it's a challenge around here to really do it right. But I think physicians getting training in this are really going to push it to the next level. We need the insurance companies to buy in. I think a lot of the social determinants of health are coming to the forefront, and I see it being addressed a lot more. I mean, in the past five years, the conversation has completely shifted. You look at the work with the healthy beverages that Dr. Salcedo at Union Community Health Center brought sort of the no sugar zone, uh, no sweetened beverage zone. This is just the next step. We need to just continue to promote healthy eating. There's tons of data to support it, and we really need to to make it available to our uh, our patients. Okay, Dr. Applebaum, let me ask you two more quick questions. One, uh, how do you feel? I feel fantastic. I will say that I feel lots of energy. I'm very excited about the blood test results. I will tell you that's a that's a good thing to see. You know, it, it's surprising how well and how much not. I didn't have that much room to improve, but it really was pretty remarkable. And uh, yeah, a lot of energy and you feel good about doing it. I wasn't, I'll be honest with you, for for folks that already cook and already do that, it's a little easier change for me doing, you know, me making a big healthy salad is like a miracle. You know, I never really did that. So it might not be as exciting to other folks, but part of it is, wow, I made that sauce and that's a healthy sauce. You have to be very careful, I'd say, with the information you get from, you know, the world of uh, the Internet. You know, I I tend to gravitate to the folks that are science based. And then when you go to the um, to sort of the recipes, people that don't seem to have an agenda. I'd be honest, I have personally not come across a lot of vegan agenda out there. I'm looking, you know, for people who say, hey, here's a recipe. A recipe is a recipe. They're just 
promoting eating well. So those are the folks that I sort of go after and, um, and sort of learn from. So yeah, so I've been feeling great. Last question. Is there anybody that you see eating something in, in the next office, in a restaurant, in a cafeteria, and you go, black, go for one of those? Um, no, it really doesn't happen. I, be honest, you know, I was at a family Super Bowl party, and I just, I'm not really triggered by that. You know, I definitely never felt great eating that stuff. So I, I definitely have the experience of growing up. And it's been for a while that that's sort of been out of my mindset, where I know how food can make you feel when you do it right. And that is sort of burned in my brain, so to speak, I guess the only way to explain it. So I'm not a big craving person. Uh, and that's, that's definitely there's a bit of luck in there. So I, I don't want to say that, hell, you know, it's easy. I know it's hard. I've seen people, patients, family struggle with weight and, you know, food means different things to different people. It's a lot different than something like alcohol. You know, you could easily have your house have no alcohol in it. You could very easily not go to a bar. Even those folks who struggle with alcoholism go to parties where it's at and you can't say never go to a party again. How are you going to stay away from food? It's almost impossible. You know, you, you got to open your refrigerator. You have to eat every day. So I see that as you have to be realistic. So when you talk to patients, and that's what I do, you really need to have that mindset and understand. You know, smoking, I think, is getting slightly easier because there's not a tremendous peer pressure anymore to do that. But still, cigarettes are everywhere. And, you know, if you're going to walk down the street in New York and say, just avoid those folks, you're going to be dodging a lot of that. But when it comes to healthy eating, it's the same thing. Cravings are real for a lot of people. You know, the sugar, getting rid of all that stuff. But I think in the end, when you realize how you feel and you see your blood test, there's nothing better than watching folks who they'll tell me that, you know, I lost this much weight. You see that, and not, not on a vegan diet, on any diet, when they're, when they're getting healthy, that excitement. Mm -hmm. This is just another way to do that. When someone comes and says, hey, I started exercising. and say, it's working. Your heart's really healthy. That's great. This is just another thing that people can do to really enhance their health. Now, again, at that Super Bowl party, you innately went for the carrots. Someone else may go for the sliders or something. Is that okay? I mean, is it okay to, if you're changing your diet, to sort of fall off the wagon? Yeah, it's an individual journey, right? It really is how you feel. And, you know, there's some strategies that the dietitians have always taught us, you know, write things down. I said that to me was eye-opening, writing down what you eat. I've told patients to do that. And I said, oh, it's easy. Just write it down. I'm like, oh, my God, it's not easy. I said the app, which is I, I found a very easy free one that, I mean, if you have a, any basic smartphone that has a camera, you, you can scan things. And it's it's really what, what What's the app? The name of the app is Chronometer. And it's free. Uh, there's occasionally an ad on there. But other than that, it's uh, really, really easy. And it tracks every one of your how much fiber, protein, you know, all the different nutrients. And you can see where your weight is. You can do a whole lot of stuff with it. And I'm not doing it to count calories. I'm doing it for the most part just to see the vitamin levels. Um, it has almost every single food in there that you could ever imagine. And then if you find a food that's not in there, they say, we don't recognize this. And they ask you to take a picture of the nutrients blurb on the side and the front of the cover. And they'll call you and say, hey, thanks to you, we added this to our library and we found it, which is always a sort of a thrill to see that you added something. Yeah, writing down anything like that is great. It's not unlike when I tell people, please write down your blood pressure. Please write down your blood sugar in the morning. You know, that the famous, you know, blood sugar log is eye-opening, you know. so it, And it has obviously other implications. Getting the discipline to do that is not easy because it's every single thing you put in your uh, 
you know, in your mouth. And if you wait, it, it, you're going to miss it. But yeah, that's uh, that's been great. Well, Dr. Applebaum, thank you very much for joining us for a few minutes today on SBH Bronx Health Talk. For more information on services available at SBH Health System, visit www.sbhny.org. Until next time. <laughs>